Maybe the payment was the friends we made along the way. Hi everyone, welcome back. It's been a minute. Um, we are getting pissed mm-hmm. about yaps. Anyone relate? <laughs> Anyone relate? By yaps, I do mean pay to sings or getting paid to sing or getting nothing to sing. I mean all categories. Ideally, we do just want to talk about yaps, but honestly, like I've only been to half of one and I've been to like 1,000 pay to sings. So. Right. So we just want to be clear about what we're saying. We're talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about the whole pipeline, if you will, mm-hmm, the industry mm-hmm. pipeline. Mm-hmm. So we'll be breaking this down over a few episodes. It's absolutely imperative to me that everyone understands that the only way we can properly grieve, feel frustration, and feel helplessness is in a net of support that we actively build with one another. Mm-hmm. We are not alone. You are not alone. And even though this industry can like take tens of thousands of dollars from you, take your labor from you, and then tell you you didn't wear the right jewel tone dress, so you should <laughs> shove your rep sheet up your asshole, we will still find ways to dream. We will still find ways to make art that we are proud of. And I know that capitalism can like steal your soul, but we're going to try. We're going to try to dream of something better. We're going to try to fall in love with our art again. And even though we're going to break down this incredibly brutal and devastating capitalist system that's taking our labor we're still gonna laugh okay we're still gonna laugh we are we're gonna be okay so i'm gonna pass the mic to perry for a second and then we're gonna introduce our one and only angel blake jennings perry take it away oh thank you charlotte so um of course we wanted to do all of this in one episode and like charlotte and i always bite off more than we can chew our eyes are always bigger than the size of our episodes and we're like okay we can do these 14 things in the span of this episode and it's all going to be great and we very quickly realized that if we were to do that like do it one yap episode we would have to edit all of our little ideas down way too much and specifically that includes editing down all of the stories that you guys sent in and we realized that we did not want to do that and charlotte actually charlotte noticed it first and i was like well i want to say my little theories (laughs) and charlotte was like well what if we like paused for a second and like really gave space to all of these stories and allowed ourselves to like start to heal and start to actually communicate with each other and try to create some sort of community, um, which I think is a great idea. And so we decided to spend most of this episode just kind of like talking some shit and trying to have a little laugh. And um, so we're going to kind of push the history of yaps and um, the how and the why and what's really going on and how market capitalism has really infiltrated um, the young artist system. We're going to try to push that to the next episode and instead just be like, what the fuck is going on? I have a story. Charlotte has a story. Blake has a thousand stories. And you guys sent in great stories. And we just wanted to like, I don't know, allow space for that. What are we fighting for if we don't have each other? 
I mean, honestly, no foundation for this, what are we fucking fighting for? I don't yeah. want to, I want to fight for the, when I read these stories, when I hear these stories, I get angry. These are my friends. Like these are our people. And even if I've mm-hmm. never met them, the odds that I'd be in a program with them tomorrow are likely. And even if it's my great grandkids that like burn the white house to the ground in a larger sense, I still have to say something. I still have to yeah. say something. And I guess we didn't actually mention, we didn't explicitly say that in this episode, like a week and a half ago, we asked people on Instagram to send in stories like kind of horror young artist program and pay to sing stories um so that's what we're referencing we're going to be playing some of those reading some of those and kind of chatting through them and reacting and stuff like that so that's yeah so it's like it is a communal moment between like me Perry and Blake to just right. be like lol life is <laughs> really wild, do be wild. <laughs> it's also like it's with all of you like you all yeah. sent in your stories and it means such a tremendous amount to us that you trusted us with those and you shared mm-hmm. some really vulnerable intimate moments so this is a quote from composing capital by Mariano Ritchie that I think is kind of relevant to our entire podcast. This would be our Insta bio if Insta bios could be <laughs> like 7,000 <laughs> words. <laughs> okay. I think that it is unjust to assert that the act of criticism is always only a negation, an act of taking away something that seems good and replacing it with the awareness of false consciousness. On the contrary, in my experience, critical thinking and writing play an important role in keeping hope alive. Felsky calls critique a style of interpretation driven by a spirit of disenchantment. And it may seem counterintuitive to suggest that actively seeking disenchantment can be a hopeful project. But living under late capitalism means living in a miasma. Oh, miasma. Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds like asthma. Let's (laughs) pretend like I know what that means. Living in a miasma of false advertising that attests to the impossibility of there being any other way to live than this. (laughs) Bitch. Oh, my God. These messages come from everywhere, not only from the media we consume and from the politicians and corporations that run our country, but from our teachers, our friends and family, artists and writers and scholars, and even people who believe they are oriented against power. We are tightly wrapped in a shroud of late capitalism's self-perpetuating logics. Undertaking a critique of all of this, seeking to become disenchanted by it, means trying to peel back a corner of this shroud and peer beneath it. What's under there? Who could we be were we not entangled in this moldering network of ideology? In this sense, criticism can be a ray of light that penetrates the darkness. If we are still able to think through, beyond, or around capitalist logic, even if minutely, it must mean that logic, such logic, is not all there is. This belief allows the possibility of hope, and hope is what wards off the socially useless conditions and nihilism and despair. I've had like three quarters of a drink, but that makes me very emotional. It makes me very emotional. <laughs> and I do, and it's something that Charlotte and I have talked about a lot. Um, we are, on some level, being kind of negative in this project. You know, we're calling people out. We're not being very nice. Um, and I do worry, like, are we like swirling around this like toilet bowl of negativity but i really really don't think we are well the thing about that is that like y'all are just i i feel like y'all are the first thing to very publicly and openly discuss problems that we don't talk about 
to like like openly like this is stuff these are conversations we've all had like in the shadows of like yes, us right. as singers and then we become like executives of a program where we become like people that run a program we're like oh my god guys <laughs> this problem's never happened i don't know what you're talking about like yeah. so like i think it's nice that we have a, something where people like like everyday audiences that are like don't know much about opera like know that hey stuff sucks here sometimes <laughs> like, oh my god yeah. thank you for that blake yeah yeah we, we're not trying to be femdoms like we're just trying to <laughs> we're just trying to it's out of love i swear that still but we like will be Findoms when yeah. we start our Patreons. <laughs> so guys, okay. so today we have a resident, our resident vet of all yaps, basically. He's our resident artist. We're exploiting <laughs> his labor today and making him <laughs> hang out with us. We're thrilled to announce that we have started a young artist program for ourselves. Um, we pay yeah, our singers $5 a week, but they get incredible exposure. Incredible. So well. And they have amazing references. So, so this is our opening about. night gala. Um, and this is Blake Jennings, our star yes, resident artist. Your principal. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Blake is a lot of things. He is someone I adore. He is, he's so many things. He's literally TikTok famous. I'm not exaggerating. He is an incredible singer. He's an incredible human. He's like really handsome. Um, you're lucky to see his beautiful face on Insta. Good for yes, you. And, um, so now that we said that, he's also single. So if anybody that's like 6'4", loves socialism, um, is funny, <laughs> kind of like nerdy, but like enthusiastic nerdy, um, if you want to hit me up, let me know. Anyway. Why 6'4"? Like 6'2 is a no-go? It's just like an ideal hike because I'm 6'2", so, like, if they're 6'4", oh, they're, like, a little taller. Yeah, but, like, still in, like, that. a matchy-matchy, we look good on Instagram kind of way, you know? Like, it's, like, whatever. Have you right, ever been with that. someone who's shorter than you? Yeah, I mean, I don't, like, mind it. It's just, like, mm, tall, tall is fun. But I don't care either way. It's really fine. I think men who are my height have a complex about being my height. Because it's, like, tall, but not really that tall. But, like, tall for a woman. It's very complicated. How tall How tall are you? I'm 5'10". Oh yeah, see, five ten is like the is like the exact male. Could be really cool. Could be super insecure height. Exactly. Yeah. Blake, tell us how lovely you are. Um. Hi, I'm Blake. Um. I am a bass baritone. And uh, what will you be starting with today? Oh. Um. I'll be starting with "Killing Me Softly." It's been my new go-to <laughs> recently. I really love it a lot. Tell us how you're TikTok famous and what you compare your fame to, because I think it's really funny. <laughs> okay. So, um, I've been talking with Charlie about that, and like, um, so I have, um. Currently, 158,000 followers on TikTok. Holy um, fucking shit. Wait, um, can you tell us how it happened? Like, yeah, how did it start? So Where did it I go? Was, um, like everyone else, I was super duper bored during quarantine. I So, I like, in August, I was like, I'm just going to make, like, two TikToks a day. I'll follow the trends. I'll, mm-hmm. like... I'll like use the audios. I'll do at the right people, all that stuff like that, and see what happens. And um, about a week later, one of them, like popped off and got like a hundred thousand views or something and so from then i got like close to a thousand followers and they talk about how the first thousand is like your hardest amount of followers to get and they were right because then since then it kind of just like started going faster and faster i figured out my niche um and then i changed and my what niche. is your niche well at first it was like musical theater people and then i realized i hated that and so i was like i need to get out of that <laughs> it's it's really weird and like I've started getting some like like brand sponsored dealership things and we'll see if they're good or not like the most recent one was like a dating app that like you have to send a video in first before you can like talk to them so you can like not catfish <laughs> each other and so um, Tinder has that right you can get like verified on Tinder you can get verified like... but this one you specifically have to send a video to them and you have to be like hey <laughs> how's it going blah 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 Whoa. And, um, the most yeah, popular and, like, lesbian dating app right now doesn't have any pictures at all isn't, Isn't that shut very gay? 
Oh my, oh my god. god. I love that a lot. It's just like people writing sad sentences. That's incredible. <laughs> we stand. We stand truly. That sounds so accurate though. It's like literally like I feel like it's not even a photo. Fo- like it's not a photo. It's just like your favorite like line from some sort of like poet. From like, your like fucking <laughs> Sylvia Plath poem. From like your Eileen Miles poem. Exactly. What's your like Ralph Waldo Emerson? Is that like a gay- that's not a gay poet. I don't know lesbian literature Eileen Miles was a good one um, ah, I'm patting myself go. on there the back there. for it thank you I love that a lot I was very proud of that <laughs> wait Perry what the f word app is this it's called uh I want to say it's called Lex oh but now I'm second guessing right myself now? have you heard of Lex Mm-mm. let me double check yeah figure it out yeah wait Lex... it should be like her or something right it was like no called, her, like her her there is a lesbian dating app called her right oh, we're on topic so far so we're, we're doing great so yeah 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 Wait, Blake, can you talk us through like your singing story? Yeah, tell like, us how yeah. did you become so, the singer you are today? Yeah, tell so, us your war stories. Oh, the story of how I ruined my life. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, so, okay, so basically I started out um, as pre-med. I wanted to be a doctor since I was five, and I'm mm-hmm. not, so clearly that went well. Um, and so um, I wanted to be like a pediatrician, and then I, uh, I went to TCU in Fort Worth, uh, for undergrad, go frogs, and I shut up, decided... frogs. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Did you <laughs> yeah, just oh, say I'm so go sorry. frogs? Um, so we're we're the horned frogs, and it's like a lizard. What the- it's a lizard, Hello? and its and its talent is that it can shoot blood from its eyes in self defense. That's I nice love for him. America. God bless America. In hindsight, it's a very like waspy thing to think is cool, and yeah. like it which tracks because like you know they're really rich and white. Go horned frogs. Wait, Charlotte, what was your mascot? What's UNC's mascot? Uh, Sorry, heels, I heels, 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 tar heels, tar, tar heels. heels. Uh, what is that? It has to do with like old. Let me Google it because it's it's like tar on your heels because you worked in the mines. Like I don't know, it's like some thing. Like it's oh, like is also weird like that. Okay, I hate to I hate to bring up a I hate to bring up a touchy subject, but you came from my mascot, and yours is a tar heel. <laughs> even remember until Perry asked. I was like heel heel a heel it's a foot it's a foot with a little dot on the heel that's my fucking I'm, mascot I'm it's a foot I'm obsessed with that fact I'm obsessed with that fact Oberlin's is a yeoman a okay yeoman. so we all need to google what the fuck we're talking about because mm-hmm, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about that a yeoman was a member of a social class in England and the United States it's also a military term so we all Bye. just like straight up had weird mascots then. Yeah, because we went to fucking weird schools. And so I had a great time, but I went there originally as pre-med and I did music as a major and I did pre-med along with the classes and I was like, this mm. is um, this is great. This will be perfect and I'll stand out for medical schools because I did music. Like, wow. <laughs> then um, I found out that's really, really, really hard to do. And so <laughs> I, I had like all these classes in the day and then I had so much homework because of pre-med and it was just like a nightmare. So I knew that uh, pre-med was not a for me so then fucking boco basically yeah and so then i did boco for two years and then um that was a really good time and then i just finished with the opera institute at boston university so um do you know rebecca prince yeah she's so cool she was my college roommate she was like one of my closest friends she's literally the chillest human and such a good singer and like i love her so much she's literally so chill but yeah so that's my journey and i hate it i love your journey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally same i hate my journey um okay give us the like boom 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 
a list with um, your programs that you have been to that yes. fall under the umbrella of YAP that you've paid for, that people have paid you, or that you've received nothing for. Just like, duh, 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 duh. Okay, duh, we'll do, like we'll do. List. Okay, so in order, it was Opera Works, so pay to sing. Um, Siegel, so a pay to sing. Uh, Opera Company in Middlebury. Uh, didn't get paid anything, um, but we got to be a young artist. And then back to Siegel that that summer. Uh, then it was Chautauqua. Um, and then it, uh, that was the YAP, uh, or the uh, get paid YAP, uh, Chautauqua. Yeah, not um, Chautauqua then, Institute, you're saying. Right, yeah. it was Chautauqua Opera, yes. And then Opera North, and then Central City, and then I was supposed to do Saratoga this summer, but that got uh, pooped on. So I um, instead, well, we still did that. We still did an online thing. I'm so tired of the you should be thankful mentality. Yes, like, yeah. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> like, and then I'm, I'm called a brat because they like want to not die and have health care. Right. Like, she wants rights. Uh, shame. Yeah. Say fucking less. Our beautiful girlfriend, Mariana Ritchie, puts mm-hmm. it so well in a paper she published before she published this book that Charlotte um, quoted from. Just saying that actually this grateful, like you should be grateful mentality depletes our wages as artists yeah it's like almost factored into our salary yeah like Mm -hmm. well you get this but on top of that aren't you so lucky to like be doing this at all (laughs) yeah yeah exactly exactly (laughs) oh my god i hate it 100 (laughs) percent. yeah he he we hate it yeah maybe maybe the payment was the friends we made along the way (laughs) literally (laughs) honestly that's how it feels like for me because charlotte charlotte and i met at a pay to sing pax Mm -hmm. and i met at a pay to sing yep yep should we talk about our pay to sing journey? I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte and I met at grad school, which is basically a pay to sing. A pay to sing. So. There you pay, go. Or pay to sit in the back playing that <laughs> game pigeon with people. <laughs> we did so much game cool. pigeon. Oh my God. We did so much game pigeon. Yep. So we're talking about all of this and we've, Charlotte and I have never opened up on the pod about where we, where we met, but we did meet at Miami Summer Music Festival, which was a pay to sing. Um, and should we talk about that? We should. should we- I just want to like finalize the fact that like one of the main reasons I brought Blake on and we have to salute him Sorry, for his yes, service. Yes. I just, I just wanted to say it. So it, like, <laughs> it's like makes sense and ties in. Uh, Blake is a veteran. He's a, he's a vet and he's we telling his stories him. from Nam and we salute him and his service to our niche. I've done a few. I've seen some stories. I have some PTSD. I'm ready to go. Yeah. He's been in the trenches. He's done. How has it warfare. been? Like, how um, have you felt about it all? You know, so after the first one that I got paid for, I thought, oh, I've made it. I'm going to have such an easy audition season for the rest of my life. And I was so very, very wrong. Um, these hoes ain't loyal. Um, they don't. They, um, they like, I literally thought, like, worst case scenario, I can go back to the program that I sang for. They literally forget your name the second you leave that door. You're part of the family, but you're, these like, absolutely not. Unless you literally... Unless you literally like start in every single thing, they will forget your name within four seconds of leaving. Right. <laughs> like, I was a chill individual, and for that, I did not stand out because I was Same. not going to throw That's... a fit. I was mm-hmm. not going to be a diva. I was not going to be so bad that they want to fire me. So, what can you be besides either a star or nothing? You're in the middle. And so, like, even the, the times middle... where I was like pathologically insane, I was like pathologically socially insane. Yeah. yeah. So, like, none of the admin ever saw it. I just like lost right. my mind to like right, with right, my right, colleagues. <laughs> 
Oh man, but yeah, no. Um, so I mean, but I mean, at the same time, like I definitely felt validated from them. Like I, I've been very, very lucky that every year I've had something for the summer, which is definitely a um a thing that comes with being like a low voice male. Because let's be honest, like the talent pool is very small compared to the rest of them. Dude, so I feel like Blake deserves like like vet benefits. Like a purple heart. Like the VA. Like the VA. Like you go to the VA and you get like benefits. Like there should be an opera pay to sing VA. Anyway, so that's why we stand Blake. I do be wearing that purple heart today. I'm very (laughs) excited. Um, so yeah, also fucking Perry and I met at a pay to sing and it's really like, we've wanted to talk about it for a long time. And I think like we wanted to save it for this episode because we wanted to just be like, LOL pay to sings. So we'll just like briefly say how we met at a pay to sing and like just kind of the vibe of it as our own personal quote unquote stories. And then we'll go into everyone else's stories, which I love an origin story. I'm so excited. Oh my God. It's our origin story. That's what Perry said. (laughs) Ah. Okay. So. Charlotte and I met. <laughs> we met at Miami Summer Music Festival. We are going to be open about it. We're going to admit it. We're not going to bleep it. Everyone can know. I don't care. Okay, because I've heard stories about Miami. I had a terrible oh, time. We have them. We have so many stories. I We're not going to share a few of them, but yes, we have many. Hot, yes. hot, hot, hot. Yeah. Here's my caveat, though, that I was kind of saying to Charlotte, and Charlotte kind of agrees with me. I was going through so much that summer that we met, and Charlotte and I connected because we were going through so much, both of us, like, in our own lives. Mm-hmm. So I was miserable for a totally separate reason, and then on top of that, I had a terrible time. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, which came first, which, is which like, trumps the other, I do not know. But all I know is that I had an awful time. I tried to leave, like, maybe five times. I remember that. And I was like, Perry, please don't leave. You're literally the only person who's real. Like, please don't. <laughs> oh, my God. It's always at those, like, it's always at those, like, the pay to sings, too. It's always at that level that, like, everyone has to grovel at any given moment. Uh, like, I don't get yeah. that. Like, yeah, 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 you yeah, literally, yeah. you're literally paying for the service. Like, they're technically your waiters. I don't know why they think <laughs> literally. that. Literally. <laughs> literally that. Literally that. So, basically, my short, my short, like, version of it is got there, was, like, in the lower rung, and, like, so I did a role in, like, Dido and Aeneas, and it was supposed to be in, like, an actual place, but it ended up in a classroom with a carpet floor and eight-foot ceilings, absolutely no resonance, literally fluorescent lights, no lighting, one curtain as the backdrop. The curtain showed our feet and ankles, so you saw all the cast members running around behind their little feet going back and forth behind the curtain. Three And I also remember, Charlotte, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it happened after people had already started leaving. Oh, it happened. Oh, it happened after many people had left already. Many like it just happened to be there. Had, yeah, 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 yeah. Most of the main shows had already left. Um, oh my god! So we performed one time at like twelve or one p.m. One time in a room. Yes. I don't know. It was actually absurd, and I was like going, like Perry said, I was. It's kind of different for me because I was going through something as well that was, like, pretty fucked up. But I was just happy to, like, be in Miami for a second, even if it was with, like, a chaotic program. Anyway, the worst part of all of it for me that I – this is my famous Miami music fest story that I tell. The second time I went – yes, I went back. Yes, I'm a masochist. But the second (laughs) time I went back, we did not stay in the same place. But the first time I went – We stayed in these dorms at, like, a university. I literally don't know what it is because it's, like, fake news. It's, like, Frost. Barry. Frost. Barry University. (laughs) Barry. Thank you. Barry University. And the dorms lit. I'm going to put this picture on our fucking 
Instagram. Watch me do it, dude. I'm so excited. I literally, you could not open the windows because probably because everyone would like commit Sue. Uh-huh. So you couldn't open the windows. So there was just like this dorm room that's like this hermetically sealed fucking mm-hmm, space. Mm-hmm. And there was so much, there was so much black mold that oh everybody had allergies. Everybody's throats were fucked up. Everyone was <laughs> And you yeah. could see the black mold. It was so bad. And you couldn't open a window. So we were all just like suffocating. My face blew up. I literally, my entire body and face was bloated because I didn't, because I didn't do anything. Right. Because right, they just right. brought me there to have me pay money so everyone else could do stuff. So oh I just God. sat in my room a lot of the time. So I breathed in the black mold so much oh. that I was like a floaty blimp of like <laughs> bloat. And I literally. Disgusting. I Disgusting. Literally, oh my God. I Googled it. I Googled Barry University black mold because I was like, I'm not making this up. Like, this shit's, this shit is the realest. Mm-hmm. I Google it. There's a local news article that's like, Barry University dorm burns down. <laughs> top comment. Top comment. Well, at least now the black mold is gone. Oh, that was my, the top. God. Oh my God. <laughs> so, like, I am not making this shit up. Anyway, so I leave and I have a picture of me the day I left to document it. My face was just like this round circle of like bloat. <laughs> I, I basically got poisoned at MMF. That's my right, story. Right. <laughs> and oh my was of God. no use to anybody. But I met Perry and I like practiced music and did Dido and Aeneas in a classroom. And um, that's that's my origin story with Perry that is, and Christina. <laughs> that is truly sexy and fun. The thing <laughs> I always think about with Miami is I was in um, Sandrian and... There was some issue with the the Faye was sick. And so someone was like, okay, the Faye's double can go on now. And there was one double. And then someone was like, oh, well, what if we're covering? And then another girl was like, oh, what if we're covering? And then a third girl was like, oh, what if we're covering? (laughs) And the role was double cast and triple covered. And none of them knew. None of them had a, a, a hint they the thought fact, they were the only cover? Yes. Yeah. That, and they threw. Mm. I think that's something that happens with pay to sings all the time. You kind of throw a cover at someone yeah, to like you. entice yeah. them to come. There's never been an official cover for sure. Yeah. Yes. I've never seen one unofficial yeah, cover no. at a pay to sing. I was an unofficial cover at that year for something and no one ever cried right. or anything. Yeah. 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 What a fucking nightmare. It was just such a, it's a, I feel bad talking like too much shit about this specific program, but these pay to sings in general, Listen, all they I know care about. So, like everyone I know that's done Miami, unfortunately I have to name it, whatever. I mean, are, am I ever going to apply for them? Probably never. Anyway, but <laughs> no, um, I, not. you will not. I, um, like, I, every single person I know that's done Miami has come back as if like war torn. They're war torn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say the second time I went, I did Dark Sisters, which was important to me. The conductor mm-hmm. I worked with and the director I worked with, I deeply, deeply respect and they're deeply respected in the industry and they're very fucking cool people. I forgot, but Charlotte, you and I are the ridiculous. only two people in America that have done that show twice. Yeah. yeah! I forgot about that. <laughs> Dude, Dark Sisters, I could talk about Dark Sisters till I fucking die. And yeah, true. Also, Nico and Millie thought I was a countertenor just from looking at me. It was a good time. <laughs> it was iconic. Basically, the origin story of Perry and I is that like we were at a program that was like just a, kind of bloated. I think there was too many people there. Oh, absolutely. Because they had the and whole underbelly so of the program that you were in that was just like a scenes program, which is a fucking, you know, it's a waste of time. And it was time. the first year of the program. And the person who was running it, she's a very respected conductor. And it's not her fault. She did everything she could to make it as substantial as possible. But she was handed a bunch of kids. And it was just like, make this worth it, basically. And, it, you know, basically, <laughs> we just came because it was money to support the other people that came. Right. right. Make it make that's sense. how this goes. It's MLM, right? right. It's like a, it's a pyramid scheme. 
but uh, that's where Perry and I met. We watched 9-11 conspiracy theory movies because we did. Con- it no. made us like feel like something made sense in this world. I and we just that. sat in the black mold dorms and I got mold poisoning. But do you remember I approached you? Do you remember that? No, I want you to tell the story. It's like really hot and sexy of you. Well, we were like in, I'm very good at approaching people. It's something that I'm very proud of. I approach people all the time to like make friends with them. Um, and we were at like some sort of like orientation meeting and Charlotte looked really cool. And so I sat next to her and like became friends with her. Do you know what I was wearing? Like what kind of cool? You were wearing Did a long like? skirt, like a blue oh, skirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The long purple skirt. I used to but wear But it wasn't so, so much. much about what you were wearing. It was about your vibe. Shut up. I'm crying. Do you have any like, like what comes to mind if someone says, what is the yap like? Like, what is your yap story? Like, what's like the most insane yap story you have? What's the most? Oh, so I guess it's like, I guess like the first thing I think of is like my first program I ever did. But then insane yap story is um, the one after that. Um, So I guess, I guess we're uh, bleeding now, probably. Um, But um, was probably the weirdest one, I want to say by far. So it starts off with the audition because I sang for this person. And he, like, basically told me about, like, he basically told me in the most, uh, again, politically correct terms, he basically said, like, I don't know what to do with your voice because you have a good low and a good high, so you're basically unhirable because your voice confuses me. And then he <laughs> hired me. And so um, I don't, so I, I don't know where, what that came from. And so then that whole summer was just, like, this weird, like, gaslighting experience. Like, I remember one very specific instance. We were in a rehearsal, and there was a stool in, like, the rehearsal, like, in that set. And it's kind of, it was kind of in his way because the way that the conducting works there is that the pit is like not centered to the stage. It's like off to the right of the audience or the right of the audience, which is so strange to begin with. And so, um, there's like, there was like a stool that was blocking his way from seeing the principal during his aria. That stool has been used multiple times before this in this scene while we've been staging this stuff. And then, so like an hour into rehearsing after we've got a lot of this staged, he's like, what is this stool doing here? Someone move this stool. And we're like, the, the stool's always been there. And so then he's like, no, it hasn't. There was never a stool here. All this stuff, like it's been sat on in the show already. <laughs> and so then he's like, the stool doesn't exist. Like, why is there a stool on set? There was never a stool on set. He was so adamant about this that we could not convince him that this stool existed in the set. No one in the room could. So the stool was cut from the entire thing. And so the gaslighting stool was a very important detail of this summer. Um, <laughs> And so that's insane. Um, so um, my first thing I did there, career like it's a, it was for a six week program. The first two weeks of that program, I spent singing "Skyfall" by Adele. <laughs> that's a great starter aria. He had no because we were doing this thing where we were performing with the circus. Everyone else was singing opera what? except for me. He picked me to sing "Skyfall" by Adele. He has never sung heard me sing pop in my entire life. He lucked out that I do be listening to Adele in my car a lot and I sing it a lot. I love singing pop music. But like but also, why that. a bass baritone? He I I. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. And of all songs, you pick Adele's most boring song, too, frankly. Like, and so, and so I was like, I guess I'm doing this. Skyfall for Adele. While a a trapeze artist was above my head. We're not even going to talk about the HIPAA violation or the uh, OSHA violations. Of yeah, violations. But, um, not HIPAA. Basically. Oh, God. Pre med. Pre med. Anyway, but, um, but, um, I, so, so that, so that happened. Oh, oh, oh. oh. So, um, so for the first two weeks, everyone at this program only knew my singing ability for how well or not well I could sing Skyfall by Adele. 
No one knew how I sounded operatically for two weeks of this six-week program. So clearly, I could have been discovered at any given moment as an opera singer, of course, because I'm singing Skyfall by Adele. And so um, then... Holy fuck, that is so funny, dude. I know, I know. And like literally, so then... um, Oh, and I also had to bring my own accompaniment. And the accompaniment, mind you, is the YouTube video of the karaoke track. That was used for the entirety of all the performances. They Hello? never even downloaded this song. It was just a YouTube video that I was singing over. It was, it was fascinating. It was fascinating. But I did. Then what I did, did you? Like, did you do actually opera stuff eventually? Post I did. Like, I had fan, I, I had fantastic covers. I had and I had a, a little bit role in one of the shows too that like sang and everything. So like I, I was very very thankful. I I overall had a great contract. I just also did Skyfall by Adele for a circus. And um, so so the craziness of that program for you was gaslighting about stool, which was so indicative mm-hmm. of general gaslighting of opera mm-hmm, happened mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, singers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then fucking... For the third one, just for the rule of three. I'll give another story for this one. But then I, there's plenty more, but these are just the standouts. So um, the th- the other big one was that um, he... The, the principal of one of the shows was a creep. Like, absolute creep. Mm-hmm. And they kind of did stuff about it, but they kind of didn't. And so, like, he was hitting on all the chorus girls some of which were 19. He's like probably 40. And so all this stuff happens. There was one chorus girl that was walking home and luckily she was a little bit older and pretty like independent and stuff uh, about stuff. But he like offered her a ride home. She's like, oh no, thank you. And then he asked again and he was like, oh no, I'm fine. He's like, are you sure we can have it like a drink at my place even if you want or something? And she's like, nope, I'm good. And so then she walks down and she goes down about a block and then he's there again and he's offering again. And so she wrote, because she was she was a local singer. She wasn't trying to make a career. So she was like, I'm just going to tell him. And so she, um, which is another big problem that we're not allowed to talk about this stuff. But she, um, she wrote to the company. And so basically they, <laughs> what they did was they had him write her a letter to apologize. And that was it. And it was on a Hallmark card with a dog in front of it. The ongoing joke that I started after that was that sexual harassment is rough. (laughs) 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 Because literally, apparently it basically said, I'm so sorry that you felt bad. I had a great time. Oh, well. Basically was what it said. So that was great. And so he had, by the end of that summer, five girls come up. Five different girls came up and and reported him. And so I think he lost his management, which was hot. But um, That's sexy and hot and sexy. No, so literally the only thing they did was they came up to us and just said, "Um, hey, guys, we definitely think sexual harassment is wrong, just so you know. We're like, oh, cool. That's great. Um, What are you going to do about it? And then they're like, nothing. And so uh, that was was really... That was really interesting. But yeah, so that was the best $1,200 I ever made. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was lovely. I made some bomb friends from that, though. I made some right. bomb friends. Jessica Tupin, if you are listening, I love you so much. And she's like literally one of my best friends now because of this program. I love her so very, very That's much. So sweet. Um, anyway. The one story that came to mind for me, if I were to send in a story to our own podcast, it would be that at a program I was at, um, as many friends and foes know I like really love crop tops and I love when my nipples are like a present factor in my visual aesthetic it's just part of me so I went to a summer program and that was very much like occurring and like what I was wearing and somebody who worked at the program who totally had my best interest in mind they were not trying to be like prude about it at all 
they were like yo you literally have to not wear these crop tops and not wear these like literally translucent white shirts where we can see your nips not because we're not all a huge fan of your aesthetic you can do you like we love we're this we're a huge for fan you. of your nipples we love your know. nipples all big fans yeah. <laughs> but everyone was like yeah vibes like no one gives a fuck that you're doing this obviously but there is somebody who is very high up in administration at this program who is like a known creep and will probably assault you and um so there's a known creep yeah so and, and because they basically uh, bankroll the whole thing you basically cannot have this happen because it's just going to explode everything everywhere so just mm, like you need great. to stop wearing crop tops so that the whole program doesn't burn to the ground because obviously if this person touched you you would try to kill them so we can't have that that would really ruin the whole summer charlotte so we couldn't get that person killed don't kill the queen yeah, no. please don't. um so basically they were like stop wearing crop tops because you're gonna go kill bill on this person's ass if they touch you and it's just gonna really make the whole summer very difficult so like please just stop wearing them i'll insert the sirens now the kill bill sirens <laughs> Literally. Anyway, so that's my one story of creepiness and how obviously transparent the creepiness is um, and that it, it just is. It just is. And we all just have to adjust around it because money is money, LOL. And that's my story. Very that. Very that. So uh, we obviously are like sharing our own stories. And in the same vein, we asked you guys to send in stories that you had about young artist programs, about pay to sings, et cetera, et cetera. And we got some really beautiful heartbreaking funny stories and we want to kind of share them on the episode and talk about them and see what kind of like shit it brings up um bear in mind i have not been told any of this yes like I, yes. i'm i'm like i'm the fresh uh face of this so i will be basically reacting the way you guys are probably gonna react to this <laughs> blake is our fresh and dewy face harry and i have <laughs> mm, i do be i do be dewy recently because of freaking COVID. <laughs> i love that for you um I will say like my, if I had to say like two sentences about having listened to all the stories, it really brought up for me like how much we have to, how much we feel like we have to accept because there's simply no other way for us to like maintain any sort of or build any sort of career. And that's like what was so devastating to me is how nobody had a good outlet and no one knew like what to do. And often it was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to get over it and move on because right. I, I simply cannot make a big deal out of this. And um, I mean, that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few episodes. It's just, I, I love all of these people dearly and I barely even know them if at all. And I just like want mm-hmm. them to know that we support them and that this is really tough. And I'm really grateful that they shared these stories because we've all been in these positions in one way or another. Yeah, for sure. And I, th- and I think that Charlotte's totally right. And sharing these stories and talking about this shit is like the baseline and like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like the baseline is to feel like we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have to like establish that first before we get to any other, any step one, other pyramid tier. Yes. Yeah. We have to laugh together. We have to like be, you know, grieve. We have to be in this together so that we know what the fuck is up next. Mm-hmm. So do you want to play the first one <laughs> or did sure. you want to say anything before we started? I don't know. Is there anything to say? We're going to share these stories. We're going to distort the voices. We listen to all of them and want to touch on all of them. And we are so appreciative. We're not going to play every single one. We want to like talk about some. But it's like the Q&A episode. Like we listen to every yeah. single thing. We're like hella grateful everyone sent stuff in. The episode can't be super long. And if, if there's many stories around the same theme, we just generally like chose certain ones based on time or whatever. So right. it just is what it is. But we really appreciate that everyone sent them in. It created like a full like a quilt of like stories for us yes. to like pull from. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first one that we have um, chosen. 
Hey folks, okay, long time, first time. I wanted to call in and let you in on a little tea on a pay-to-sing based in a very windy city if you catch my drift. This weird time I had was being told that my casting at the company was a quote-unquote accident. I inquired about why I was cast a little out of my voice type for the role instead of the role I would have been traditionally cast in, and I mean this with no exaggeration at any other company. And when I asked why they thought it was a better fit, I was told in my coaching with the music director that they had accidentally cast me in my current role, um, but I came in knowing the part so they didn't say anything. So at the end of the day, I paid for a role I was never meant to sing. So yeah. Well, thank you for the work you're doing, and hope everyone is enjoying this weirdest fuck audition season. Bye bye <laughs> I love that one. Bye-bye. Also, because I love that. Love it that. starts with long time, first time, which like makes me feel very good. So my favorite. Thank my you. Favorite, truly. That's amazing. You're famous. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, imagine if I had been assigned Queen of the Night and I showed up and I like knew the notes and I was like, why the fuck did I get this role? And they were like, oh, it was it was an administrative error. I apologize for that. And but, like, wait, sorry for the three months of your life training for something that you were never it was an administrative error and we just made no like we tried not at all to fix it not at all we did not do the bare minimum of a single email yeah. we could have literally it. immediately sent you an email telling you it was wrong but mm-hmm. instead we did right. literally nothing. during the plethora during what i'm guessing was probably the plethora of 17 emails to get your height and weight right but like, right <laughs> But they can't. Do, but they can't be like, "Hey, um, wrong role, first time." Sorry. <laughs> Insane. I wonder when they realized. Like, did they not realize until they got onto campus? Probably rehearsal. Yeah. Probably rehearsal day. It's Insane. just very like. It's just very the whole pipeline industry of like doing less than the bare minimum, but knowing that everyone's gonna show up prepared and still like right. work their mm-hmm. asses off because it's the only fucking way. So they just they just get away with like literally the absolute below bare minimum, and I I found that. I wanted to open that with that and so did Perry because I just find it absolutely hysterical and so indicative of the industry. Like if you showed that to a non-opera singer, like that is probably the best way I could explain like what is actually happening and how cartoonish it truly is. Mm-hmm. Is to be like, yeah, someone could assign literally a wrong role and it just won't get corrected and you're just going to sing something you shouldn't sing and you- oh, by the way, you paid for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's it, you know? <laughs> Ain't that the culture? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so that's our sexy little first number. Um, <laughs> killed me. Okay, do you want me to read the second one, Perry? Yes, yeah. I was in a young artist program in the Midwest in 2016. The van we took around the state for outreach performances started making weird noises whenever we touched the brakes. We were really concerned, so we called the opera company's office. They said not to worry and just continue on our business. On our own dimes, we decided to stop, and it was completely out of brake fluid. The super helpful auto stop dudes were, like, extremely concerned that we had been driving around like that. Apparently, brake fluid is supposed to be within a closed system and not even leak to begin with. Needless to say, Mm -hmm. when we brought this info and receipt back to the office, we were reimbursed, and the van was taken care of. Endangerment! crazy. We love it. Oh, my God. No, okay, Okay, but think about the immediacy and the extreme feelings that they can tap from now in every performance. Right? Hold on, that really use that. Really like, use that. We should be stage. thanking these apps. I imagine that this was probably something. I'm just going to take a guess. Shot in the dark. I don't know these people. I don't know the situation. I'm going to guess that these people had, had an inside joke for the rest of that summer being like, think of the van. Every time they wanted to like heighten up their emotional uh, like ceiling for a performance. <laughs> 
I don't know the first, I would never forget that. I would. I don't never know the first fucking, fucking thing never. about cars. That is so scary. I don't know. That is literally terrifying. On. How did that just happen? Yeah. How did that just happen? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it reminds me of like a, a company. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it out. I've heard. Th- I've heard this through other people, so I can't like speak oh, to yeah, it. Yeah. But I have heard that it in multiple years, people re- received eviction notices because hasn't paid the rent yep. on their. Yep. On their yep, fucking yep, yep. apartments. More than once. They don't do they it. They don't do They're anything. They're broke. They're oh broke. Uh, that, that story uh, is just like such blatant endangerment of like human life. I just yeah. can't. It's just, it's so, I feel like something that's so funny about this industry is like we wear gowns, we sing on stage, we have a cute spotlight on us, we wear like fancy makeup or whatever. And it makes you get to this point where you have, it's hard to actually grapple with the fact that like you're treated like shit often you're Mm -hmm, just treated mm -hmm, like shit mm -hmm. in a gown but you're still being treated like shit and you mimic just like this this wealth and luxury and it's so hard to like to like piece those two things together you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. we actually have so much less benefits than like like a lot of people who work jobs that maybe society would like look down upon and like people would be like oh you've lived this like fancy life and it's like we don't have shit yo like Mm -mm, we don't have mm -mm, fucking mm -mm. anything like it's so terrible one of the few times that we interact with donors who could really actually help us out financially is at galas where we are dressed to the nines where they think we're doing fine because we're dressed so well yeah like like it's kind of a weird thing it's like we put on this facade that we're doing well around people that could actually help us if they wanted to right and we'd like yeah they were like no it's fine i'm great and like we're not but we can't tell yeah, them it's like that. how do you like the city how do you like it since you've moved down here and it's like what the fuck kind of money do you think i have do you think i'm exploring the city like i'm sitting right, at home right 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 i can't but like what what bars are you freaking yeah. i was like i don't i don't have money like what restaurants what sommeliers in the city have you really enjoyed like, there? yeah like, i'm um well sir i made prison wine last yeah week, like so. literally <laughs> Guys, I'm wearing a shawl in honor of the gala. Are you putting it on for your more emotional number? Yeah. When do you want to clutch your shawl? Oh my god. Uh, are you gonna Miki do the graceful? Are you gonna do the fancy um the fancy fancy uh soprano in recital side pony? Oh my god, imagine. <laughs> like I feel like that's always the look. It's always that like super curly, super thick, like side pony. Like five bags of hair. Charlotte. Are you converting? I'm converting. I'd actually love to wear veils all the time so men would leave me Me too. I was just, I was trying to tell Chris about that and he did not understand where I was coming from. I was like, I just feel like I'd feel better about myself. No, you would. I was a veiled woman. Veiled? Okay. Let's have a veil side talk. Veils have like an origin in every fucking major religion or philosophy or like spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. Pagans, pagans, Christians, obviously. Uh, the Islam, obviously, fucking Jewish faith, obviously. Um, and it, it, it's fucking ancient and it's literally in every culture that exists. And it's primarily because it helps like people have um, like their third eye and like their crown chakra to be more grounded so they don't like float mm-hmm. off into the ether because people mm. used to be like way more spiritually connected than they are now. And it honestly does feel like you're in a sleeping bag when you do this. Like it feels, it feels so fucking good. Like it feels like literally i can like exhale it feels so, I'm just so delicious. shy you guys i'm just so shy, I'm just shy. <laughs> no but i like stan veil culture i also follow a ton of witches like very seriously who all veil um as like a pagan practice and it's like really fucking cool to hear them talk that. about it i love that interesting a lot. love veil talk <laughs> should i play the next call yes, where the so f word were we
So it's a double-tech rehearsal day, and the company has provided dinner for us between rehearsals. I end up sitting next to one of our young artists, and am chatting with them about how it's going. They tell me they're frustrated because the young artists got their pay cut in half after the opera company joined up with one of the local universities. Yes, tuition at that school is now covered, but between school, studies, and then their participation in the app, they don't have time for even a part-time job. Prior young artists were paid enough to share nice apartments in downtown, and now, you know, this one's struggling to even make rent. So, this, since it was a recent change, they went to the general director to talk to them and see if there was anything that could be done about it. What did the general director tell them? Go to the bank and take out a loan for living expenses. This general director really expected their artists to put themselves in that much debt just to be in this program? I mean, it's a perfectly lovely program, but it's not giving their artists the levels of experience or connections that the bigger companies are. So, thankfully, that director had a short tenure and is now gone, and they were replaced with a person who was an opera singer first, so I hope that because they've been there, they'll take better care of their young artists. Okay. Can you fucking believe? Before we start any of this, Charlotte and I were convulsing, trying not to scream into our mics this entire time. <laughs> like, we could see it on camera. We were, like, screaming, but, like, with no sound. It was crazy. Anyway. I literally have throat tension from silent screaming right now. Okay. Whoever this is, also shout out to you because you came with the receipts. Yeah, like this is a yes. CVS pharmacy receipt. This is a lot of information. It is a big, <laughs> big receipt. I'm very excited. Um, I want to know what this company is right now. I know that we're not going to get to know, but I just want to know so bad because that is I know. garbage. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like you're working a job, you're getting paid, and like ostensibly your boss is like, oh, just take out a loan if you can't fucking afford it. I have never <laughs> seen an opera company so equally like dot to dot match the u.s economic structure (laughs) (laughs) oh you're poor just take out a loan and be more poor in the future like just do it oh my god blake i love you that's literally the entire next episode is like this capitalist cult called america it's a a, a microcosm like the opera and how this is a microcosm it's a microcosm of it it literally is it i was just thinking about this the other day i'm like it literally fully embodies exactly what the american like blah 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 is people could study our culture because it's so much smaller and it matches it mm-hmm. perfectly perfectly like, it's a it's great incredible case study. it is it is it's an incredible case study um it's it's really horrifying that um the poorest generation in like the history of forever the most indebted generation in the history of the world decided to have dreams <laughs> decided to have dreams <laughs> and is also like way more productive than any previous generation like productivity levels are off the charts and right, then we get told we're lazy twice a week yeah, of course. It's yeah. like hysterical. And then it's like, I we're just, we're bankrolling it. We're bankrolling the mm-hmm. industry by providing cheap labor for which we like do not get paid fairly. And we could mm-hmm. be, but instead they just cut it. Right. right so we are right, bankrolling. Right. We are bankrolling the industry. It is right. literally the Mets, insane. Like, yeah. Meanwhile, the Mets like, you guys, we really needed $2 million for the flower scene on Prince Igor. You don't understand. You don't get it. <laughs> you literally don't get it. Oh my god. I'll bet they had the most like I'll bet whatever this company is, I'll bet they had the most ridiculous like sets and stuff. I'll bet they spent so much money like 
poorly when they could have just easily given this like these singers another five hundred dollars a month. Like, they just knew that they exactly five hundred dollars is fucking nothing I, to I anybody. Know, I want to know. I think honestly, I feel like there needs to be a like rule of thumb, like either a bare minimum number that young artists receive no matter what, whenever they're at there for an entire year. Yeah, it's called minimum wage. Or what a concept truly. And it's so insane that. I have failed because these places won't accept me. Exactly. Like, how fucked up is that? I would dare to say that 80% of the people I sing for have way less skill than me, have way less intellect than me, are way less charming than me. And that's not a narcissistic Mm -hmm. thing on my part. I think I'm like, okay, they're still worse. (laughs) No, valid. Valid. And we have to cater to them. We have to, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But like, honestly, we have to cater to the people who like, Listen, not everyone cares about fashion aesthetics, and I honestly respect that, and that's fine. But Wolf why? Wolf cares about it. They told you not to wear like tight knit dresses, right? Or and it, but it's like it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna come at us for what we're wearing to make it the most appealing for your like eyeballs, don't have horrendous taste. I was saying to Charlotte before we started the episode. The fact that neither of us get hired very often is a testament to how little looks matter because we always look incredible. <laughs> we always have, look hot. Y'all are beautiful. You have waps. Like, you're good to go. And yeah, they don't exactly. That. So, like, yeah. stop telling me what to wear. <laughs> but people won't shut the fuck up about it. I will say last year I lost, I lost a decent amount of weight, and I got hired a lot quicker that year. <laughs> I will That's say fucking that. wild. Interesting. Going back to the loan thing. Yes, um, loan thing. Oh, right. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> it makes me think about how powerful we could be if we just like said no to shit like this, but how infinitely difficult it is That's know, what I've to always say said. no to shit like this. I, w- I would love to see, like I was t- talking to somebody about this the other day. I would love to see what the opera world becomes if we just all one year just did an audition for them. That's like, kind of as what a whole. do. That's kind of that's kind of the whole point. We right. like want that. <laughs> I really just want us all to pick a year. We just don't audition. We all get a a good job for a year. We all find something out. We're all smart. We have master's degrees. We can find a job for a year, and just do that. Ignore the audition season. Every single person as a whole. Solidarity. Yes. <laughs> Take away all of Yap Tracker's They literally money. would be calling all their like community chorus people and being like, "Do you want to do like?" I don't know. Do you want to do like Violetta? Like that would be so insane. Yeah. No, I like want that for us. I literally want that for us. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So trigger warning to this one um, for sexual assault stuff. Um, At a pay to sing, I don't want to name it. During staging, I was without warning, forcibly bent over from behind by the director, an older man with a creepy reputation. And he proceeded to demonstrate the staging for my colleague in front of the entire cast, which included him holding onto my hips and thrusting into me several times. Needless to say, it was humiliating. Later in a note session, he asked my colleague to be more forceful in the humping, saying, you need to buttfuck her. Just buttfuck her. <laughs> horrifying. So horrifying. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. disgusted. I'm... It, it, it makes me feel like a shell of myself to even read that. It's like, I can't even imagine having experienced it. That is truly like um, just devastating. And we appreciate that you trusted us with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, that oh, and you sucks. know that this director is probably seen as like revolutionary and like, like all that stuff. Like, you know that this person That's is the like, problem, yeah. right? We Ugh, keep hyping yeah. these motherfuckers up. Mm-hmm. Again, this is, 
I mean, this story is absolutely horrifying, but similar to the other stories, insofar as if we had some sort of like collective, this shit would not happen. Yeah. That if we banded together, we wouldn't have to let people treat us this way. That's the thing. I swear to God, I swear to God, like everybody in that room when that director should have done that, first Mm -hmm. of all, like in terms of a nervous system response, that is genuinely shocking. And I'm sure everybody froze and I respect that. Like I'm sure everybody in that room froze. But like, honestly, like the immediate reaction post being frozen from that should have been every single person getting their stuff, going around that person, making sure that person is okay and taking all of them out of the room, including that individual and not walking back in that room as long as that director was in that room immediately. In another story that was sent in to us, um, someone actually expressed uh, anxiety and kind of disgust for something similar that happened to them in a staging rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And because the director and the conductor didn't feel like they went to the right people, um, they were uh, kind of yelled at in rehearsal. It's always seen as betrayal. Hi, I love, thrilled to announce, it's been so cool to listen to something from people going through exactly what we're all going through. I wanted to reach out and send you a story about a pay-to-sing program that I did a couple of summers ago. So I was singing a small kind of glorified chorus role in Le Contori. We were in our first day of staging, and in this chorus scene, so everybody is on stage in the entire show, We are all, all of the women of the town are asking this religious messiah, who is actually a con artist dressed up to to deceive us. We're all telling him our dreams and what we hope that he will grant us, like our wishes that we hope that he will give us. The director asks me to come forward because I'm singing this little chorus role who has a line. So I go over to him and I'm kneeling in front of him. We're in the middle of rehearsal. And the director comes up speaking to him, not to me, even though I'm kneeling in front of him. She's talking to the boy and says, So, you are going to take her, you are going to put her head underneath your robes as if she is pleasuring you. You are going to sing your first line and she will try and pull her head out from under your robes. You are to grab her and push her back underneath. Then, as you hit your high note, please pretend to climax. And then when she come, and then push her out from under your robes and push her away from you. Okay, go ahead, do it. There was no eye contact with me. No, this is where his hands are gonna go. No, are you comfortable with this? No explanation of the fact that this was a joke. Also, we don't think jokes about rape are funny, but that's not the issue here. I'll do your bit if that's what you want. It was the fact that there was no consent, no conversation about anything, and I had never met this dude before immediately look up at him very uncomfortably say hi my name is and he says hi my name is and then we had to run the bit because that's how we were and it was very very wild to me that it was just handled like that and we were all treated as if we were just props and not people and then so we finished doing the scene and of course i didn't say anything in the moment because you have 30 or 40 people sitting in a room around you and who am i to tell her that i don't want to do something or who am I to ask to change something? I've been here three days. So we all did that. And then the kind of four or five of us that were in that moment talked to each other and just kind of checked in and talked about how we were going to do it. And we were all comfortable. But I slowly realized as I was leaving the room that that was not okay. So I told one of the directors of another show in the program about it, just because I wanted an outside opinion of somebody who was quote unquote in charge of me. 
Um, and she told me that she didn't think it was okay either. So I had assumed it was kind of handled. We were gonna hear about it the next day in rehearsal. And I kind of assumed we would just have a conversation like, it was the first day, we all weren't paying attention. We're so sorry, let's move forward, kind of thing. So I get into rehearsal and sit down. And the guy who was in charge of us begins to speak. And instead of any of that, we get a very long speech about how upset they are that we did not come to them first. We didn't come to the director. We didn't ask them how to do things. We went behind their backs, told other people negative things, and then it got back to them. Also, we were told that opera is about sex and the industry champions people who can take that on. If you aren't adult enough to do a bit with, that involves sex, and you were out in the real world, they would just fire you and hire somebody who could. And then at the end of the speech, they said, okay, so if any of you want to talk to us, you can talk to us. Which then meant that none of us wanted to talk to them because you just said you would fire us and find somebody who would do it. I just wanted to share that. It was a truly wild experience and I can't believe that they allowed it to happen. The idea that the best type of acting and sexual acting comes from feeling uncomfortable and unsafe in your rehearsal zone is a fucking joke. It's a joke. And it's also yeah. not how directing works. Yeah, totally. It's like anybody knows. Listen, we all like so many people in Dark Sisters had to perform mm-hmm. like very uncomfortable gray area, non-consent, like sexual instances. Like it's, but it's fully fu- discussed but it's, though and not at all that inappropriate. No. And the thing is people get raped in opera, but the point is like you have to do it safely like you have to go like you have to have so many discussions it's stage combat yo it is stage combat like you have to have like god knows oh my god that's the thing because we spend like if if someone holds like a piece of wood that's supposed to be a sword we have to do seventeen thousand rehearsals before you get shoved into someone's dick and you have to like show up 20 minutes early to rehearsal and get your sword and warm up and you run it at least 20 times every time. And it's literally so frustrating, but I get where it's coming from, but it's so annoying that we have to do that for a piece of wood that could maybe bruise you at best. But then when someone's literally on top of someone, we don't care. Yeah, like, yeah. except if you have a good director, which, like, I've had fantastic directors. Oh, yeah, for me sure. too. For for, sure. Especially both times with Dark Sisters, we had yeah, great directors yeah, yeah, who were very absolutely. conscious of, like, creating a safe space for that. You have to do it right. It also reminds me of, like, well, first of all, just how much assault, how much, like, fucked up shit happens in our industry and then the thing that happened at michigan a couple weeks ago where like a violin teacher was arrested for is it trafficking perry or was it what or it was like rape told us yeah something a a violin teacher at university of michigan was arrested for doing fucked up shit is that school just only for perverts like what the hell is that i know know, right it's happening david daniels david daniels and so it's like it just creates i we were talking to our like idol and our deity her name is clara and she's an icon and we love her and she talks about all this stuff and thinks about all this stuff quite a bit and she was talking to us about how like we've created so many docile musicians because Mm -hmm. the only way to make it in the industry is to be docile accept everything don't question things lest you be like taken out of the industry and so when you create an environment that is that fucked up with the power dynamic it leads to things like this happening it is literally dangerous Mm -hmm. to let people do and say whatever they want in order for you to advance in the industry you get people acting fucked up and thinking there's no consequences for it it literally like endangers these like students and young adults yeah Yeah. those those two stories actually like 
catapulted me into a different yeah. universe truly mm-hmm. and also also so maddening that these girls were trying to do the right thing right, right. talk to admin and still right, right. got shattered what is this yeah. snitches get stitches mentality that we have <laughs> in an opera company like i'm so sorry that's a weird. jail reference that is not something we should be dealing with here yeah very true. Okay, so this next one is from like a bunch of stories. So it kind of starts in the middle, um, but you kind of get the idea really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a crazy story. Also, crazy story about um, they basically you're only allowed by Agma to have a certain number of studio artists versus apprentice artists and apprentice artists you need to pay more they get you know the Agma wage whereas studio artists are not Agma and they tried to go the whole summer with two extra studio artists than they were allowed and then it was found out by Agma with like two weeks left to go and they had to promote two artists two apprentices and then back pay them for the whole summer so the funny thing about that too is that we received an email to all the studio artists and they were like, so who here is Agma? So you like we know who's who has Agma so we could bump you up easier. Oh. <laughs> I, I sent an email saying like, hey, I'm Agma. Like if you want to boost me up and they're like, oh, we already picked two. You're good. <laughs> oh my fucking God. Yeah. Was the back pay like $18 or was it like probably. actually? I mean, probably. <laughs> No, I'm sure it was like hundreds, I mean, hundreds, thank hundreds. God there was an Agma rep there, right? I'm appreciative of them, but so fucking weird right. that like the situation happened. Well, you know, that's what happens when the Agma rep is having sex with the person who runs the young artist <gasps> company program. Oh, yeah. So, you know. I want to write some fanfic. And you would know as a guy um, if this administrator liked you, if he invited you on a personal sushi date. He loved sushi. So, um, you know, as you may know is deep in the mountains it's about a 20 minute drive even to the closest gas station so let alone a sushi restaurant at least a 30 minute drive and he would invite a man uh, a man rather every um, i don't know maybe once a week uh you know somebody that he was potentially interested in i guess you could say um if they were interested in having a private sushi date with him and of course this also you know toes the line of whether it's appropriate especially because you kind of think well do i have to go um I tried to make it very clear from the beginning that I was not interested in this type of behavior. So I think he, you know, never asked me, but he certainly asked a couple of my friends and, you know, they would always have to say, oh, you know, I have leftovers from last night or, you know, I have all these groceries that I need to make, but, um, very creepy. So, so prefacing this for people that are uh, listening, um, I was at the same program as this person at the same year. And um, so I, I also can attest for all of these. So this this person, th- those sushi dates were like expensive. Like it was a very, very expensive restaurant, like $200 for the whole meal, probably for everybody. It was like, it was definitely like a flex to let them know that he had like this money and this power and stuff like that. And, um, and this same guy, I luckily was also not one that he was attracted to. Again, it comes down to like straight, ambiguously gay men just have it made in this career, but in the worst way possible because they get like taken advantage of all the time. But, um, but the thing is i knew from the get-go he was not attracted to me which was like i i used to joke that i was both like relieved and insulted because i'm like (laughs) i'm actually gay i am tall i'm cute why are you not doing this for me and so but then at the same time like i knew from the get-go because i was i remember so first of all this guy would go to our house parties 
the young artist house parties. No one told him, no one invited him. He just knew that it was happening because like word spreads at young artist programs. And so he would just show up at around 10 or 11 p.m. when we've already been drinking. And he like, because I remember this was was the very first house party too, because I wanted to like everyone to loosen up and have a fun time. I'm so excited because everyone was being so like singery the first like week of it. I barely made made any close friends because everyone was too busy talking about their rep. And so I like, everyone was just starting to loosen up. Everyone was just starting to like let loose and dance and all this stuff like that. When this guy that runs the program shows up and they're all like, so how do we feel about Wagner? I'm like, I'm going to kill all of you. And so then, <laughs> and so then I'm still having a good time. I'm like, I'm not giving into this. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. So I'm just like over there, just like shaking my ass in the middle of the living room, dancing and stuff. He comes up to me. I'm wearing these like rainbow socks for some reason. I think it was like pride or something that day, like the, a pride parade or something that day. So I was like celebrating with that. But the way that the rainbow socks worked, they were horizontal lines. So like the socks themselves looked like rasta colors because it was missing the blue and the purple and <laughs> so funny. and so the guy comes up comes up to me and he says oh hey blake i love your socks i was like oh thank you so much i um i they're actually rainbow but like they're being blocked by my shoes so they look like ross and i got to about that point in the sentence and he walked away <laughs> And oh my so god it was at that moment i knew both i hate one, being alive it was in that moment i knew two things one i hated him and two i was immune to any sexual harassment that would happen that summer Yay! <laughs> so that was that was a good time <laughs> oh my god everything is insane yeah and but insane. yeah so this guy also slept with the agma rep of the young artists they they developed like a pseudo relationship and whenever um and so this hands off with this is why it had to connect because this hands off with how this company also broke acma rules and how acma almost shut down the season because what happened was like we we're supposed like all the acma members were supposed to only work up to six hours a day as is policy well a lot of the acma singers that summer were also covers and so they would say covers you have to be there you have to be at these rehearsals and so but they wouldn't write their name down on the schedule so they would go to all these rehearsals so there was without no getting proof. any credit there's no proof there's That's no credit insane. that they were there but they wow. did by word of mouth have to be there and so they were working probably nine hours a week i mean a day a week um a, <laughs> nine <laughs> hours a week guys it was a really hard time but no um so so they were working like nine hours a day doing all these rehearsals because it was a lot of rehearsals towards the end of it and they would sometimes not let us know the schedule until like 11 p.m it was crazy sometimes but um they so they almost shut them down and because one of our other young artists a really close friend of mine knew this was a problem and he told the agma rep and the agma rep had to tell them obviously because like you like he would be shunned forever if he didn't and so um and so he reports it agma gets mad at them and the guy that young, that runs the young artist program basically breaks up with the agma rep guy they don't talk anymore because he's like That's offended hot. that he told him that he was breaking the rules like completely and so um that's a great conclusion yeah. to oh, my fanfic also also <laughs> when when agma got them about that when when agma like called them out on that he basically like got all the agma people together and was like hey i didn't did you guys actually think we meant that when we said that you had to be there as covers we didn't really mean that you don't have to be there we just recommend that you do again gaslighting like it was gaslighting gaslighting what are you gonna do not go as a cover what if you're oh like oh my right. god a cover? right and you want to anyway, be like, like a good yeah. little kid you want to be a mm-hmm. good little singer baby like you're gonna right. tell me you're not gonna go because it's optional like in right. what world in what world right 
Right. If that's exactly why me, you would show up, like to right. stick out and like be like good or whatever. Exactly. Unless they blatantly tell you that you don't have to be there as a cover, you basically have to go. Like that's just the rule. Can you imagine right. a young artist trying to stick out at this program in this stupid, stupid fucking industry the way it's set up, being told that they're a cover and like to come and watch, and then choosing, being like, no, I'm not going to go and watch the show that I'm covering right. as an opportunity to be in the room with these people. I'm going to not go well, because it's clearly too, optional. That's another lesson I learned through all these yaps that I've been lucky enough to do. I luckily learned it very early because the first one I did was can't wait to get beeped um i did <laughs> and i was such a kiss ass i tried so hard <laughs> to go to every single thing i mm -hmm. worked so hard to have everything memorized perfectly before anyone else i had chorus stuff down i did all that stuff i worked so hard to make this make myself stand out and do the right thing i messed up one time in one thing and i thought the world was ending and like no one even <laughs> noticed but like the thing is I didn't get rehired the next year. It's honestly like more upsetting than feeling like it has so much weight right. to realize that like literally none of this fucking matters at all. Nobody gives a shit. Mm -hmm. I just want to say before we go into our final audio, we just want to like shout out and salute all of the people who sent in stories that we didn't get a chance to play. Um, we had stories about like extremely racist, like homestay hosts we had mm -hmm. stories about like people assuming two people of the same ethnicity were related because they were the only two like South Asian descent people in the room, which is obviously Insane. psychotic. Um, we had more than one story about people being fat shamed. Um, yeah. Lose weight or else. And I, and I personally saw that a lot at one of the programs I went to. Um, Oh, I, I heard a woman tell a tenor that if he ever sang in front of her again and hadn't lost weight, that would be the last time he would ever sing in front of her. Oh, my God. Um, and I heard I heard her complimenting people who were losing weight, saying, now, isn't he doing such a good job to everybody else? Oh, my um, God. Like in the middle of a, a meeting. It's so horrifying. I was actually, um, this woman actually shot on me um, for having tattoos God. Are you um, serious? Like, what did she say? In, in front of everybody, in front of like a whole like Q&A session. Jesus. I raised my hand to ask about something unrelated and she came up to me and like grabbed me by the arms and said, why would you do this to yourself? <gasps> I Wait, And people, it kind of bugs me when people are like, you know, tattoo, like no one really cares about tattoos anymore. It's like, you know what? They really do. And it's really fucking annoying. Right. And it has happened to me. And I don't know. It right. just bums me right. out. Um, so weird. And then I sang for her and wore sleeves. And of course, she didn't remember me. So, you know, nothing really matters. Yeah. But True. that story sticks with me. Oh, my God. I, I hate that so much. Okay. And now we're playing our last story. Okay, so the story is from um, once took just like a brief break from calling people fat and had a little lecture on like what makes somebody a good singer and what makes somebody have a career. And I remember her asking people if they'd rather hear an average Rodolfo who's the hottest person they've ever seen or hear an ugly Rodolfo who's the best Rodolfo they've ever heard in their lives, fully expecting everyone to say the hot one. And somebody was like, what are you talking about? The best Rodolfo you've ever heard in your life. And she was like, no, you wouldn't. 
which is just fucked up. That's that's not the one I meant to play, but it's still like fucking annoying no, and makes me want to die. Oh my no, God. you wouldn't. Oh, okay. So that's another thing. That's another thing, honestly. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm so sorry. I'll make this short. But like, I've kind of noticed this in like culture, in like boomer culture specifically, is that they're the one group of people that in an argument can just disagree and say no and that is their only argument for it like there's no way to respond to just no you're like, like I've no been, i've like one time i've been like well like guys i think it like people like depict the egyptians as like kind of light-skinned like they were black people like the egyptians the ancient egyptians and somebody just went no and i was like i don't know how to respond to no like i can't that's not that's not a discussion that's just no <laughs> What are these aliens living among us in their 50s? I can't breathe. Right. Okay, here's the other one. Okay, this is a story from but I was too busy trying to alcohol poison myself to remember the details very well. So I'm kind of just summarizing. Um, but when I was there, there was a like donor event thing celebrating James Levine. And um, it was like at some second location. And also James Levine ended up not even going because he was like too sickly to get on a plane. Um and we like didn't even i don't think we got bus to this location like everybody had to walk except for the soloist so the soloist got driven there all of the chorus people had to walk there there's like this huge walk and we get to this donor event it was like a ton of just like we had to wait the whole time and we were literally like watching the soloists eat this fancy meal and get all these drinks and like no one would give us water even or any food and we had to like sing all this stuff we were just waiting around and like super hungry and just had to watch the soloists get to like have a great time um and i remember every and then it cuts off and that's the end <laughs> i'm so sorry can you imagine was... like looking in the window <laughs> like sweating horrible. you just walked you just walked to the second location you're sweating you can't have water you can't go inside you can't have what? any food what little what little orphan annie shit is that <laughs> I literally and you paid ten k. I know it's so sad, but it's so funny. I can't believe that's real. Like, let we just like fucking take it. Like, you know, actually, the yaps are the fin doms. No one knows this, but Perry and I were having a conversation about fin doms earlier. I'm acting like they everyone are. knows that, but they don't. But literally, the yaps are the fin doms because they're like, you pay us ten k. Then we're going to bust stand the fancy outside. people over. But you walk. You walk to this house. You don't get water. You don't get to go inside. You ask for water. You do not get it. And you pay $10,000 <laughs> to sweat and be dehydrated looking into you a donor's house. You stupid, ugly little whore. So yeah, you we stupid, pay, ugly pay little... to be like, step on me. You're so right. Yeah, <laughs> dude. And it's and like, look like, in oh the window. I, I literally, if anyone is an opera singer and has a degradation kink, just know you probably got it from the app industry. Oh and it's probably God. trauma. We're all masochists i never thought of that oh my god they literally scratch our faces and spit on the wound i never thought about that i want to do an anonymous google form to figure out everyone's kinks and see how many of them <laughs> are related to the trauma of opera. <laughs> oh my god oh my god here's five thousand dollars call me fat i'm so literally mad. oh my god what have I'm we so done mad. i'm so mad <laughs> And, like, the worst part is, like, they're looking in the house. I mean, this is just the most, like, kinky part of it. They're looking in the house at the soloists in their fancy outfits in the air conditioning, drinking and eating. And they're just looking in the window, sweating and dehydrated on the outside. I I mean, is there a better note to end it on? 
I'm literally literally now. That's so funny and terrible and funny. I feel like maybe the best thing I could do for this industry is like be a fin dom to help people work through their trauma, yes, their trauma. from the yap industry. Yes. Like I'll do it for them. I never thought about that. You're so altruistic, Charlotte. Yeah, I'm gonna do altruistic sex work for the yap community who has been traumatized. <laughs> oh my god, we suck so much. We literally pay people to spit on us. I'm so mad. I know, and no one even knows it's their kink. They're just doing it. Like no one's even oh getting god. anything and out then, of it. And then the worst part is they're like, "You should be grateful." Oh, oh that's my all god. part of it. That's all part of the I'm, kink. I'm yeah, it is. Repulsed. Disgusting. I cannot <laughs> Disgusting. Believe. Oh, my God. <laughs> I cannot believe. Uh, and the thing, and then we have people out here trying to claim that we're doing all of this for the art of it. Like, oh, my God. Fucking bullshit. Where is the art of it? I've never done anything no, for the art of it. Okay, first yeah, of all, this, is, this is another hot, okay, hot text with Blake. I'm so tired of that mentality, and I'm so tired of these people being like, I only sing because I need to, like, do the art. And, I, and like, attention bothers me. I only do this because, like, I need Mozart's music to survive. First of all, let this be known. Everyone that's still listening I'm to this, shy. first of all, thank you for staying on here. But literally, Mozart does not care at all that you're on food stamps to keep his music alive. He is dead. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Mozart so, doesn't <laughs> want you on food stamps. Actually, no. What was Mozart doing, Take Money? He just like was like in with the rich people, right? right. Like he, he was, was just a like douche. a homie. He was he was part of the. He was a composer, Charlotte. He was a class trainer. He was absolutely <laughs> class trainer. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone who shared their stories with us. We really appreciate it. You like created this episode, so um, we owe you one. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, what else should we say? Thank you to sweet, sweet Blake. Thank you. Sweet, this was sweet literally Blake. so fun. So um, <laughs> so if anyone wants to petition me to be back on on a future episode, I would gladly do it. Just uh, show the interest. Anyway. <laughs> I'll, I'll sign the petition. Amazing, amazing. I'll also sign the petition. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Blake, for being uh, an honored and what's it called when a war vet has like awards? A decorated, a decorated <laughs> war vet with a purple heart I like for being I mean, in the trenches of many, many a yap. I like the term prisoner of wisdom. war, person. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think you were a POW probably like more than <laughs> there was a few. I felt like a POW for sure. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for coming on and sharing your tales. Thank of you. Woe. This was so much fun. Everyone follow me at Jake Blennings on TikTok and everything else. Yes. Um, and also, if you are a six foot tall and in, in, energetic nerdy guy with um, he lost four inches. Social, yeah. Oh, wait, no, six foot four, right? Did I say six foot? <laughs> oh, I thought you just said six. <gasps> no, foot. six foot four. Um, nerdy, inter- energetic, enthusiastic guy who has like a protagonist kind of like um, you know, personality, and also is into democratic socialism and getting married and having kids uh hit me up anyway i think you're gonna find i love it, it. can you imagine, uh, find imagine it. if the man of my dreams shows up because of this podcast like i would be so happy and i want that I for get, you i, I want to be in a, your wedding if i give happens. you a 17 yeah. star review for sure yeah can absolutely. we be your flower girls oh, y'all can if li- that happens y'all can, like live stream the wedding yes totally yeah. live pod the wedding live pod the be. wedding absolutely we'll, like so. live tweet in the back yeah, so hit me up um, boys i will take applications and i will be very um discerning about it anyway hey yeah so this is our fucking app um yes. <laughs> thanks for hanging out thank you for sending in your stories we really want to build solidarity and build like a community that is like intimately like trusting and caring of one another um that matters that's the only way we can dream of something bigger and it's the only way we can like affect change in this world Mm -hmm. um we don't have all the answers as per usual but (laughs) we do deeply care about all of these things and we want a better world for ourselves and we don't want to feel isolated we don't want to feel alone and you are not isolated and you are not alone and um we are gonna try to build something in the next few episodes 
to shed more light on what this all is and try to dream as per usual. also. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for entrusting us with the things you've experienced. Um, they are real. Those things did happen. Don't let anybody gaslight mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, you deserve better. We all deserve better. And we love you. And I'm Charlotte. And I'm Perry. <laughs> and I'm Blake. And we are. And that's Blake. <laughs> and we are thrilled. We've so never thrilled. been more thrilled to announce. Yes. Bye. Mwah. Okay, hottie toddy. Core, core Ungrateful heart. Tutto è passato, non c'è più.